the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great episode this week. We'll be talking in a few minutes with Mac Maloney. And he has not been on the show since, what, 2013 or so. Yeah, too long. Yeah, far too long, and we are remedying that today, and we have a lot to talk about with him. In the meantime, I wanted to bring up a couple of things. I guess the first thing is, we're still seeing here that the UFO field seems to be more credible as far as the media is concerned, after we get to the Area 51 nonsense, which we'll talk to Mac about in a moment. But again, the thing that worries me here is the questions that came up about Luis Elizondo and what his role was with the Pentagon UFO project, where he claimed to have headed it, and then letters received by John Greenwald of the Black Vault indicated, well, he was there, but he wasn't the big cheese. And what worries me here, not so much that, because people do inflate their credentials more than they should. It is the mainstream media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Politico, etc., CNN, Fox News, who've covered this story, didn't for a moment question this guy's credentials. That's troublesome. Well, I think that they did do some background checking and verified that he was at least employed with the Department of Defense, the Defense Intelligence Agency, or some department closely related to it, and that he did have some involvement with it. But whether or not he, in quotes, headed the program is still a matter that is quite contentious. And uh, we're trying to get Greenwald on to uh, talk some more about this because he's really done some uh, quite excellent digging into that. It's also a logical thing to ask to define his credentials. On the other hand, you know, maybe the Navy is trying to throw a monkey wrench into the entire works by responding that way to kind of sort of discredit him well who knows maybe it's this whole trickster thing like last week's guest george hansen you know the the field is full of that so is elizondo one of those trickster characters and that's kind of what we got into talking about the the whole field especially when you start getting into intelligence situations and psyops it's all a a room full of mirrors and nobody knows for sure what's really going on well that's something we may never figure out maybe we're not meant to know what's going on but this is something we're going to cover in more detail in a moment by the way we'll talk to mac about the area 51 stuff and about the fact they wrote a book on it but this morning when we were doing the show I got an email from Philip Mantle. He runs Flying Disc Press. And he's published some really good books. One by Calvin Parker, one of the two people who was involved in the Pascagoula, Mississippi UFO abduction. He was the younger guy then. Of course, now he's an older guy and he's pictured on a book. He has this hat on his head looking, you know, really, really like a real investigator there. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe he met William Burns. We all remember William Burns. Okay, UFO magazine. Right, of course. Bill Burns, right? Any uh, UFO hunters, I think. Ball cap, sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know Bill. (laughs) Mac, you were telling me before we started, you 
met William Burns? I, no, I know him. Um, I've never met him, but we've uh, talked on the phone many times, and I was interviewed on his show. In fact, you're talking about you know the 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 baseball cap sunglasses look i adopted that from him believe it or not so when we do our own show the three of us we get dressed up like bill burns i can think here maybe we can do a branded baseball cap for the powercast sure but, but max isn't a baseball cap it's actually cooler than that and so are your sunglasses i think you've got one up on bill there and that regard. really okay yeah, definitely. i look at him as the godfather so the godfather Uh, of caps anyway calvin parker he's written a follow-up to his pascagoula book called pascagoula the story continues at subtitled new evidence and new witnesses the forward is by philip mantle our friend dr irena scott wrote the afterward for the book so you know this sounds like something we are going to have to explore further so of course Calvin's going to be on the Paracast next week. And we'll talk to him more about the new evidence that he's received. So next week, Calvin Parker joins us on the Paracast. Of course, Mac Maloney is here and he's written a lot of fiction books, of course. What do you call that? Aviation fiction, Mac? Well, it's a military adventure uh, fiction or men's action adventure is what they used to call it years ago. But it's military fiction is usually, um, you know, how it's, uh, if you're looking for it in a bookstore or on Amazon or whatever, but they always have to do it aviation for the most part. In there, like with uh, Tom Clancy and stuff like right. that. Yeah, uh, Tom Clancy is my real godfather. I mean, if it wasn't for Tom Clancy, I, I'd be, you know, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be writing books. I know that. All I remember about Tom Clancy, well, two things. Number one, I helped him online on AOL fixes cd-rom back in the 90s okay cool and i met him at a mac world expo in the later 90s and he's holding court in one of these rooms where everybody's having their breakfasts and this is the time when i guess the movie was clear and present danger and patriot games the one that harrison ford played the jack ryan character taking right, over yep. from alec baldwin yep and of course clancy is trying to show off Yep. how much he knows about the military and everything. And the one thing he said that he didn't like Harrison Ford because he thought he was very, very dumb. <laughs> okay. I just didn't think that was a nice thing to say to strangers listening there. Right. Well, he wasn't a nice guy. I'm not saying Tom Clancy, you know, was a nice guy. I, I didn't agree with any of the things that he said or he did. I certainly didn't agree with him politically. I mean, he was basically an insurance salesman who was able to meet people in the Pentagon and at the Naval Institute Press. I mean, he's up there in heaven, I know. But, you know, his just from people that I've talked to inside the publishing biz, you know, his the, the books were popular, but that didn't necessarily mean that they were well written, which is fine. You know, I know he made zillions of dollars. He made so much money that he actually bought into the Baltimore Orioles, which is insane. But the fact that he made the kind of books that I went on to write and, and, and have been doing for 30 years. He, if it wasn't for him, you know, none of us would have been able to do it. So I have to give him his props there. But, you know, other than that, I've heard stories like you're telling right now. And he, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the, the most modest of people, let's put it that way. Wasn't a very nice guy. Oh, by the way, I would recommend, though, if you have Amazon Prime, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan is a really, really good presentation that of that into, character. They made that into a movie, I think, didn't they? Or a couple of movies. 
The second season starts November 1. I can't mm-hmm. pronounce the guy's last name, the one who, who plays Jack Ryan, but he's real good. Okay. Oh, the guy who used to be on The Office, that guy? I think that's the one. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're great. They're, they're great movies. I mean, I don't want to say they're great movies, but, you know, they're, they're good movies. And when Alec Baldwin was in it, it's hard to believe that he yeah, did this so long ago. But those are really good. The Hunt for Red October and stuff. They, they translate into really good movies. Well, some of those are real page turners. There's no doubt about it. But you know something that really impresses me, too, though, Mac, about your work is that, you know, we often talk about authors who come on the show like Nick Redfern being very prolific. And, you know, I'm looking at your page on your website here at MacMaloney.com, and I'm seeing at least over 40 books that you've written on. And I, it's amazing. Like, you're very prolific. And uh, so how do you manage to do that? Can you tell us about your process, how you come up with these ideas? And before he does that, before he does yes. that, I'm jealous mm-hmm. because I've only written 32 books. Before he does that, we got to do a break. <laughs> I'm not boasting because those books, you know, didn't make money. I made money from one of the books, really earned out. and I did very well. Forget about it. Matt Maloney joining us with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Message and data rates may apply. Help! Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude, put down the razor. Because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850.
This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Our guest is Mac Maloney. He writes, of course, military fiction, thousands of books, no, 40, more than 40, and several books covering our ufo world that we'll talk to him about in a moment but randall was asking mac about his creative process what mm -hmm. secrets can you convey sir well you know i mean uh it's 2019 so why not let it all hang out you know i get high and i sit and type for eight hours that's the short version well don't let anybody tell you then that, that getting high takes away from your motivation or no, creativity Right. It, it adds to it. I live in Massachusetts, uh, if you couldn't tell already. But, uh, you know, they just made weed uh, legal here. It's not as much fun, you know, as it's <laughs> more fun when it was illegal, frankly. You know, I mean, I've written 56 books. You know, I maybe have made as much money writing those 56 books as Tom Clancy made on one book. You know what I mean? You know, never hardcover. They're always uh, what they call, I'm a mid-list writer, a paperback writer, literally. And, like the Beatles um, sang that song, Paperback right. Writer. And that's right. an awesome yeah. song, too. So and, that's you know, pretty cool. Yeah, I love that song. But, you know, that's what I am. That's been my career. And and I have no complaints, you know, um, live a really, you know, uh, comfortable life and so on. When they offer you a book contract uh, to write three books in a year and a half, you, 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 I, I can't turn it down, you know. So what it really comes out to be is just like a lot of hours just kind of sitting in a computer and, and a lot of typing. And, you know, as you say, you have to kind of create it. 
And sometimes, you know, if you take a puff or two and just kind of sit back and think, well, this is how I've done it. You know, it works. That's my process. So uh, you asked. So there's the answer. Well, of course, the key is that you have a regular schedule. You sit down, write the book, whatever your creative process. Nick Redfern, we never asked him if he consumes pot first, but he does work like a nine to five kind of schedule to turn out his, what, three books a year. Yeah, right, he's right. very disciplined. He treats it like a job. He gets up, he assigns yep. so many hours to it, gets to it, does that, and then he just goes on and lives the rest of his life like a, right. a, you know, a normal person. Not, not to tell too many tales out of school, but you know, I, I know Nick and um, the two UFO-related books that I've written, UFOs in Wild Time and Beyond Area 51, um, you know, behind the scenes, uh, you, you know, Nick and I uh, got together and he he actually vetted all the information. In it. You know, he, he did the fact checking for, for a fee, but it was reasonable and um, it was very thorough. And he's just a really good guy that you can call up off air, let's say, and, and he'll tell you things like, you know, if the History Channel approaches you to be, you know, to be interviewed or whatever, how much they should pay you, you know, and get the money in advance and that kind of stuff. You know, so he's very valuable to people like me in that respect too. And he's a great fact checker and, you know, he and I kind of like the same thing. So, um, he doesn't like the Beatles though. He and I had a discussion about that. <laughs> no, he I likes, like he, he likes to get on, on the guitar every once in a while and do mm-hmm. some shredding on punk. Yeah. yeah. He's a real <laughs> punk like, guy, yeah. which is kind of cool in its own way too. He's also a British guy living in Dallas. And I said, you know, how'd that happen? And yeah. I think he said, you don't want to know or something. So. Let's talk about your book a bit, then UFOs in wartime. Let's go through some of the cases and and uh, you know go highlight some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, that came out, I guess, in two thousand eleven or twelve. I'm not really sure. And um, you know, as you, as we were talking about before, uh, before then, I was you know mostly a uh, fiction writer and um, had written probably about forty or forty five fiction books by that time, and just really out to lunch with my editor one day and you know, had a couple of martinis and we were just talking about UFOs for some reason. And, um, I said, you know, I've always had this idea that UFOs show up more in wartime than in peacetime, because I read lots of UFO stuff when I was a kid and so on. And it just seems like a lot of the reports came from, you know, when there was a war going on. So I, I just threw that out to him and he said, Hey, that'd be a good idea for a nonfiction book at, at the time. Now this is with uh, penguin books. And, um, he told me at the time, angel books and UFO books were, you know, looking pretty good. And they always try to look, you know, a year in the future to see, you know, what people are going to be reading a year from now, which is kind of odd too. But, um, so he said, you want to do a nonfiction book? And I said, yeah, why not? You know, so we put this thing together and, um, really just, you know, researched lots and lots of cases where the, uh, military and UFOs kind of, you know, uh, came in, uh, were connected, let's say, or, um, um, where the military was involved in UFO sightings, pilots, and, and so on, and especially during World War II, the Foo Fighters, and kind of took it from there. So that's really where really it started off from. And um, I think there's about 220 different little anecdotes and so on in the book about uh, militaries, most of the U.S. military, and, and you know coming up against UFOs, what they did, and so on. And um, the whole idea really was, uh, you know, it was more volume than anything, uh, quantity uh, than anything is, you know, if you, if you read the book, I feel, and you read all those stories, you have to believe that there is some kind of connection between the UFOs and military because they, they almost run parallel histories, you know, so... I think if you read the book, if you don't believe in UFOs after reading that, you know, our book, 
um, I guess you might want to look into something else to read. We can go for that, definitely. Now, the one that I wanted to also mention is Beyond Area 51. And the reason is this recent story that on the social networks, they ask everybody to storm Area 51 at a given time. And I think 2 million people responded. But when all was said and done, you know how many people showed up? Anyone want to make a guess? 75. Is that what I was That okay. many? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a that's lot, a, yeah. That's a crowd out where they were, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, do you want me to, to tell you what I think about that whole thing? Go for Absolutely. it. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we knew, and I'm, I'm saying we because of myself and the other two co-hosts on our radio show, we knew that it was going to be a bust because um, I've never been in the military, but the other two guys on the show have. And um, one of them actually worked at uh, Area 51, uh, has been in another place. But but you don't have to be someone like that to know that, first of all, you can't get within 75 miles of the place. It's as simple as that. And it's like two mountain ranges over from uh, the, the spot, uh, the last spot of uh, public access. So if anything, what we were talking about is that it, if, if lots and lots of people, plus it's very hard to get to. Too. Plus, the closest place to it really is Las Vegas. So, you know, you have to go there. You might get, you know, sidetracked there. Who knows? But um, if anything was going to turn into a humanitarian crisis, because there would have been a lot of sunstroke and this and that, and who knows what. Um, but the fact that it really didn't turn out to be anything wasn't surprising because, um, you know, I mean, two million people would say, yeah, I'm going, you know, but, you know, look at how many showed up. And the second thing is, that there's a lot of misinformation out there, too, about it. Uh, number one, the U.S. military does not guard Area 51. It's done by a private security firm, uh, and they have a very strange name, like Wackenhut or something like that. I don't, I don't even know what it is, but it's a private security firm contracted by the government. Now, a lot of the guys in it are special, ex-special forces and so on, operators, as they say. But, you know, they're not going to shoot you. Uh, yeah, there are signs that say deadly force, but there's a whole kind of a, a tree of what they will do to you if they catch you sneaking onto, you know, this government land. Let's break it here. We'll explore Area 51 with Mac, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. The U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine has resigned. Kurt Volker was apparently a vital part in the whistleblower complaint involving Ukraine and President Trump. The State Department said that Volker did connect a Zelensky aide with Rudy Giuliani. The House Intelligence Committee could open hearings as early as next week in its impeachment inquiry into President Trump. Democratic Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff said subpoenas could be issued soon. Senior Counselor to the President, Kellyanne Conway. You have an impeachment inquiry based on nothing, and you all should care about that. All of you who give the nonstop platform to Adam Schiff in an oxymoron-like fashion as Chairman of the Intelligence Committee, who lied for years in your papers, on your Twitter feeds, on your news stations, in your TV shows, lied that there's a, quote, mountain of evidence of collusion. This is worse than Watergate. This is USA Radio News. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Catching up, Area 51 guarded by a private security firm. And not that guy with the last name of Prince. We're talking about, you know, normal private security firm. They're not going to throw you in the brig or something. Is that the long and short of it? Yeah, they're going to detain you. It it depends on, you know, what level of um, resistance you are giving them. You know, most of them, they just turn them away. Uh, You know, if you insist, they're going to detain you. They'll put you in some hut somewhere. It'll be hot. And then, you know, release you after a few hours where you've learned your lessons. They made you miserable and now you're going to go. But you would really have to do something very extreme for them to, first of all, shoot you and second of all, kill you. And that wasn't even an option at this point because and they knew that because they knew that, you know, once again, if somehow someone got 
beyond uh, the fences and the motion detectors and the sound detectors and the infrared cameras and everything. You still had to make your way 75 miles across one of the you know hottest deserts in the world to get to this place. And then on top of that, I don't want to say there's nothing there, but I'll tell you exactly what's there. It's, it's just full of like prototypes for our next generation of secret aircraft. You know, there's no UFOs, there's no crashed UFOs or any of that stuff there. It's a place where they test our next generation of uh, secret aircraft. So you don't believe Bob Lazar? No, uh, uh, no, I don't. I, I mean, I believe that. <laughs> no, I don't believe what he said. And, okay, and what and, about the case, though? I mean, it is a pretty interesting. What do you think's going on with that then? Uh, it, well, OK, well, well, Bob Lazar right now, last time I you know, kind of looked into, which is probably about a year and a half ago, Bob Lazar was running a company in the Chicago area uh, supplying pots to uh, the Pentagon. He was actually one of those people you see flags outside their um, factories where it says we are we are a uh, something 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 approved, meaning you can sell pots to the Pentagon and to military contractors. You have to pass a test for it to do it, and people you know brag about it when they do. This is what he was doing. So now flash backwards to when he came out in the 80s and he claimed that you know he was an employee at Area 51 and that there was another place nearby S4. Papoose Mountain, where there were all these, um, you know, crashed UFOs and captured UFOs and so on and so forth. You know, that's basically what he said was happening. I I went into it, you know, kind of, you know, deeply and beyond Area 51 and just uh, not doing deep research. All I had to do is kind of like a little bit of surface research. And it it turns out the theory that I heard. Uh, which kind of makes more sense to me, is that if you look at the operations at Area 51 and the fact that basically what they're doing is they get just secret aircraft out there and they take off and land and they evaluate them. But they know that Russian satellites go over that place. They were going over it on a regular basis, once a day at least. And that meant that if they knew the Russian satellite was coming over at 2 in the afternoon, they would have to take all the secret planes off the runway, put them inside the hangars, but they would also have to go out on the runway and, and, and wash it down with cold water to get rid of the heat signature of these airplanes because the Russian satellites have infrared capability and they can actually take a picture of a runway and see if an airplane was parked there a few hours ago simply by the heat residue that it left. So the people at Area 51 somehow said, well, look, you know, we're really sick of schlepping these planes in and out. You know, it's a pain in the neck. So they said, so this theory goes, we'll have someone do this uh, classic kind of disinformation and uh, deflection campaign, claim that there's all this crazy stuff going on, you know, kind of down the road a little bit. And maybe the Russians will take the bait and they'll start focusing on that area and not Area 51. And once again, you know, I didn't talk to anyone at the CIA or anything, but I just found this stuff in in the basic research is that that's probably what happened. And, you know, they started flying Russian satellites over this supposedly S4 place. And it just gave the guys at Area 51, you know, literally a break from pushing the airplanes in and out of the hangars. Now, to me and just, you know, people who I've known who have worked at Area 51, who have been there and just people that I know who are in the military and have worked for the intelligence uh, agencies, let's say that, to me, sounds like a very kind of practical solution to the complaint that the people were having at Area 51. And that, so Bob Lazar goes out there and he spins this great tale and it's great publicity for him. And and it's really put Area 51 on the map. But once again, let's go up to the present. Would 
someone like that really be doing business with the Pentagon these days if he wasn't kind of in on something? That's a pretty good point. Or maybe he made a deal and says, okay, well, fine, you know, I'll just stop my whole, uh, you know, publicity about this if we can just you know if i can get on and do some real business right. with you i mean he, he did it and he in the i think the deflection campaign worked and the fact that era 51 now is like the most famous top secret base in the world you know kind of proves you know that what he set out to do he did the, the question is what was his motive i mean the whole idea behind the book beyond era 51 was that uh like i say area 51 is the most the most known secret base in the world well there are other secret bases out there that nobody knows about and that was kind of like the starting point for for that book but i just you're just connecting the dots you know you have this guy out there and got a lot of publicity you know deflected things to this s4 place and then kind of you know disappears after a while and then you know he emerges as a pentagon contractor I, i just don't think that if he was who he really said he was you know having the government you know erase his life and harass his family or whatever i just don't think that like an actual whistleblower you mean yeah Yeah. um right exactly i you know i i kind of question and i i kind of like where you're going with that and but i question whether bob actually knew he was part of the disinformation campaign because it's possible that he was put into a situation that was so current compartmentalized that you know his glimpses of these saucers and and the plans that he was given and the stuff that he worked on may have all simply been a ruse to get him to believe in something that didn't really exist and then come away from it believing it himself and still performing the same function that you described Uh, right but that would have taken you know in my opinion that would have taken like a lot of like logistics and stuff and a lot of actors and a lot of moving parts and stuff i think it would have been simpler just to go to someone and say listen you know i mean you know we always hear the cia but there's also you know the dia the defense intelligence agency and and they're the masters at you know like deflection campaigns and disinformation campaigns and stuff like that i think it would have been just easier to get someone who kind of understood it you know the script from page one and, you know, you do this for us and, you know, and so on. And who knows what will happen down the line. But I will tell you this. He had offers to go to Japan to do a series of interviews in Japan. And he was, they were going to pay him a million dollars. Now, this is in the 80s. Okay, that's a lot of it's a lot of money now. There's a lot of money way back then. I could, just, yeah, I could, I could okay. buy at least two pairs of shoes with that. Yeah. I just want to, let me just start again because I had to clear my thought. I'm sorry. Okay. Editing wise. He was offered a million dollars to go to Japan to do a series of interviews. And um, and and at the last moment, he didn't go do it. But, you know, the people who talked to him right around that time said that he was always walking around with with these two lawyers or these two people, uh, you know, from the government, who knows what they were from. And they seemed to be guiding him in every interview. And then he um, basically. postponed or canceled this uh, thing he was going to do in Japan for a million dollars. And and that's when he really kind of started to fade from the scene. So, you know, again, I think that, well, you know, you know, we've created this thing. Uh, now, you know, getting a million bucks going to Japan to talk about Area 51, maybe that's a little bit, you know, off the page. So it's time to kind of, you know, reel this thing back in. And, and once again, I just got to go to the fact that he now, you know, sells pots to the Pentagon. You know, I, I just don't think they would be in business with a guy who supposedly 
on his own blew the whistle about Area 51. Yeah, it's like if Snowden came back and and opened up, uh, you know, his own private intelligence firm. Let's we'll break. Let's do our break here, and we then go more into Bob Lazar, Area Fifty One, and maybe where we should look if we're seeking a place that the real secret action, if there is any secret action, might be occurring. Mac Maloney is joining us, author of Military Fiction and. UFO stuff. With Gina Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. 
So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame. He owed money to the IRS and they finally caught up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world. That bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800-590-4930. 800 590 4930. 800 590 4930. That's 800 590 4930. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Mac Maloney is here, and we're talking about Area 51, maybe the real Area 51, and Bob Lazar, who and what he may be. Maybe you're just a useful idiot that they managed to find and get him to spread the disinformation. But I see two things going on here, two possibilities. One is, yeah, maybe something is going on at Area 51, hiding in plain sight, but you get a guy like Lazar making it so outlandish that nobody will take him seriously. That's number one. Number two, of course, if there is any secret stuff related to maybe UFOs going on, it's elsewhere. What do you think, Mac? Well, there are definitely other secret bases uh, in this country and, and around the world. Um, I, I, I think I think Bob Lazar, he, you know, he might have been an idiot, but I, I, I shouldn't even say that. I think he was in, in on it from the beginning. You know, he might have he might not be, you know, the top of the tree as far as the intelligence agencies are concerned. So in a way, he might have been a useful idiot, but I think he was in on it. But anyway, I don't believe that the U.S. military knows what UFOs are. I I know that they know they exist because there's plenty of evidence, you know, in their hands that they exist. They have film, video, the works, radar, the works. But I don't believe that they know what they are. I don't believe that we have any crash sauces or there are any reverse engineering or any of that stuff because simply because we would not be living in the world we live in now. If somewhere, uh, you know, in the U.S. military, someone had the secret to uh, an anti-gravitational device, let's say, and that they're using it and that we have a secret space force flying around the uh, solar system and so on, which I've heard people say, and they've written books about and given lectures about. If we had all that, uh, you know, would we be driving around in um, internal combustion cars? Would we, you know, have to plug in to get our electricity? Would we be launching the space shuttle and, and everything that goes into orbit by ballistic missiles, which is, you know, probably the most inefficient way 
but the only way that you can get something into orbit. I mean, like launching the space shuttle into orbit, it was like it's like it was like launching a dump truck into orbit. You know, I mean, would you go through all that time and expense and people's lives and the engineering and the technology and all that stuff on one side if you know the guy next door? Had the secret to an anti-gravitational device. It, it it just wouldn't work. And we're just talking about the military. You can be sure that if someone somewhere out there got an anti-gravitational device from the Roswell crash, let's say, industry would be on it, you know, in a moment. You know, this whole idea that they would keep it secret from us is nonsense. They wouldn't keep it secret from us. They would, uh, you know, capitalize on it and then charge us for it. You know, we'd be living in a Jetsons world if we had any kind of, you know, extraterrestrial technology at our fingertips. I believe that the U.S. military does have has no more of an idea than we really do of where UFOs come from. And once again, I said to you, Afia, I hate to be the bucket of cold water, but, you know, this is just what I've seen, you know, what the research and stuff, you know, uh, kind of tells me. Now, the strange thing is, having said that, is when we did Beyond Area 51, and it was basically talking about secret bases around the world similar to Area 51, every one of them except one has some kind of a UFO history to it. Which is kind of odd because you think, well, what came first, you know, the chicken or the egg? And in a lot of cases, it just seems like uh, military bases, uh, U.S. military bases, you know, especially uh, crop up around areas that we would call hot, hot zones, you know. Um, and uh, it's certainly the case, you know, that our friend uh, Mr. O'Brien talked about in the St. Louis Valley and uh, in other places around the world. So. That's what kind of makes Beyond Area 51, I think, a, an interesting book. And just uh, let me, I'll just finish this by saying, you say that um, where's the best place to hide things? They hide them in plain sight. A friend of mine who uh, has worked uh, worked for an agency that works for the intelligence agencies, he is kind of like my um, silent partner in Beyond Area 51. I would, or I'd write a chapter and I would send it to him and I would just say to him, uh, you know, knowing what you know, not having to tell me what you know, but knowing what you know, am I really too way off here? And uh, he said, no, for most of the stuff, I adjusted stuff. But the last chapter, he and I having a beer in Harvard Square, of all places. And he just like walked me down the street and he said, uh, if you're going to hide anything in plain sight, this is where you would hide it. And we we're in the uh, quadrangle of Harvard University. So. That's the punchline of the book. And and, and I, and I kind of believe that, you know, I, I think that, you know, if there's anything really crazy going on, number one, I think it's uh, very uh, terrestrial based. And number two, I think you're really going to find the germ of it in places like Harvard and places like that. Now, I'm going to ask you furthermore about that. Obviously, disclosure advocates dating back to the 50s believe that the government had secrets about UFOs. How can this thing be going on decade after decade without the authorities knowing something about it? On the other hand, you have this compartmentalization where you have one agency or one group exists in their own little world and they don't communicate or they have turf wars. And this, of course, is one of the issues, if we look at it, that might have resulted in 9-11, that we didn't connect the dots because none of the agencies were talking to one another, whatever the conspiracy theories are. So it's possible one agency knows something. But I think in general, the focus of the military about UFOs is, does it represent a threat to national security? Having determined that it probably doesn't, out of sight, out of mind, disclosure is not going to bring anything. 
Right. I agree with you 100 percent. I think that I'm, I'm theorizing now, but I think that this is what how the U.S. military stance is, is that you're right. We can kind of get off the hook by by somehow telegraphing that we don't believe UFOs are uh, something that would affect our national security. OK, but that's just another way of saying we don't know what these things are. Uh, we just don't think you know they're a threat but the, but you know the, the 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 defense budget now is i think is a 900 billion dollars it's it's going to be a trillion dollars in probably 2 years you cannot you know come right out and come clean and say we don't know what these things are yet you're paying us a trillion dollars to you know protect the country um so i think that's how they kind of i think that's how they kind of couch it we don't know what these things are in fact you go back to 1940 uh, 1947 right after kenneth Arnold you know, saw the first quote-unquote flying saucers, uh, there's a division of the Air Force back then, it's called the ATIC, and they were more like researchers and scientists and stuff, and the Air Force said to them, you know, look into these things, you know, all of a sudden there's all these UFO uh, flying saucer waves across the country, look into these things. They came back six months later and they said, oh, listen, okay, and this is where this whole thing, there's not a threat to national security comes from. You know, they're not Russian, they're not red Chinese, they're not old, you know, Nazi super weapons or anything like that, and they're not any kind of top secret weapon that we are our allies have so they put in the conclusion you know it, it cannot be dismissed out of hand that they might be from some someplace else they turn in that report and at the time they, the head of the air force was this guy named vandenberg who they named the military uh, launch base out in california after he read it he goes back to these scientists and said this is not the uh, conclusion we want so come back in six months and so they they got the message they come back in six months and they said anyone who sees a ufo flying saucer is either re- religious zealot someone who's prone to hallucinations odds uh, or a hoaxer and that's where this whole kind of thing started that uh, you know uh, if if you see a ufo you're, you're kind of loony the whole ridicule factor kind of started. right yeah well okay so we have yeah that's sort of all fairly accurate from what I can recall about my basic ufology, for sure. What you're talking about there is the estimate of the situation that was done by the Air Technical Intelligence Center. And they concluded that UFOs are most likely what they called back in those days interplanetary because, you know, they even weren't sure that there was no life on Venus or Mars yet. So this was their conclusion. And then we had that Robertson panel Mm-hmm. which was part of the CIA. Yes. And they recommended exactly as you say to discredit even pilots and Ruppelt who had actually seen that estimate of the situation said, look, I'm not cool with that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that, that he got transferred out and uh, the rest is history, as you say. Right. Right. The, the unusual thing was uh, the, the, the glitch that they didn't expect was, um, you know, after the second ATIC report, the Korean War starts soon afterwards. And now what you have is you have, for instance, jet fighter pilots flying around up there. Now they have radars in the jets. This is a leap in technology from World War II, which ended only like five years before. But now you have jet aircraft, you have radars in the jets, you have radars on the ground, you have radars on Navy ships offshore. You're fighting the Korean War and and, and our pilots are seeing UFOs. Some of them are, are really kind of vivid and, and really kind of uh, um, stupendous kind of UFO sightings, huge, huge flying saucers and so on. And um, and now so the military is in this position of saying, well, uh, yeah, are your pilots hoaxes? Are they religious zealots? Are they, are they prone to hallucinations? And that was really the, the start of something. They said, we have to do something. So they started Blue Book. We're going to continue with that. 
Mac, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the military being confronted with something where they have to change their tune about UFOs. Because as you say, pilots can't be religious zealots. Or maybe they are in their private lives. They could be, but they shouldn't be prone to hallucinations. That's not good. And they shouldn't be hoaxes either. So the military just being what it is, they, they, they didn't anticipate that this wouldn't happen. You know, the Korean War took everyone by surprise, more or less. So they had to react to it. So they started Project Blue Book. And, you know, and I remember Rupert himself said in an interview, I, you know, he says, I think people thought at the time that we were, you know, we were like NASA, like we had this big building. And there were a lot of people walking around in long lab coats and stuff. He says it was me. And in, in like three or four typists, that was it. And and basically what they did is they solved the UFO reports that they knew they could solve. You know, someone would say, well, you know, I live in Georgia and I saw this light and it was on November 6th at 3 a.m. in the morning. And they'd go back and they find out it was Venus and they'd write the guy back and they publicize, well, this is Venus. But it was the ones that they couldn't solve that they just kept their mouth shut about. And so once again, that just kind of proves a point that, in my opinion, is that the military doesn't know what they are. Well, 
maybe this is them calling me right now. <laughs> um, you know, they don't know what they are, and um, and they're just scrambling for explanations on how you can say we don't know what they are without getting in trouble or losing any of their defense budget. Well, that's why they they took on the whole acronym UFO, Unidentified Flying Object, because they wanted to distance themselves from the perception of the public that they were investigating flying saucers, as our uh, good uh, friend Stanton Friedman used to say. You know, we're not looking for things that aren't alien craft. We're looking for ones that are. We don't care about all the stuff that's not identified. We only care about the ones that we know are something else. Right, right. And a lot of um, a lot of confusion, too, is, uh, is in the 50s and the 60s. And we have uh, this uh, woman who comes on our show every once in a while, uh, Cindy Bailey Dove. She comes on once a month and she's like this expert in drones. She's just been interested in drones all of her life. And, you know, she's been on a show and she, she's, you know, told us historically that. Yeah, there were drones in the 50s. There were drones in the 60s, 70s. Drones have been around. Military drones have been around since the 50s. So a lot of UFO sightings had to be military drones, you know. But once again, we also know that, you know, getting back to the Robinson panel, I think they called it, was we know the CIA was involved in that. And what they were more interested in more than anything else, maybe, was that anytime there was like a big UFO flap, what people would do is they would barrage the white house and the pentagon with phone calls and they would tie up literally tie up the telephone operators if you can imagine back then they, they would still plugging them into big boards right and so the cia the way they looked at the whole ufo crazy once again this is kind of in the data out there is that they said we we can't do this because what will happen is the russians or the red chinese will just kind of fake some kind of a ufo thing they'll jam the phone lines of the white house and the pentagon and attack us and you know we'll be with our pants down, let's say, right? So they said, so the way to do this is that you discredit people from making UFO reports in the first place. And so the fear of being ridiculed stopped many people from calling the Pentagon, from calling the White House. That's the CIA's approach to it. So that's how this whole kind of ridicule thing happened. You take with that, you know, the fact that there were drones flying around all the time and the military didn't want to talk about them. And, and then add to the fact that, you know, we had secret aircraft flying around out there, 50s, 60s, 70s, which they intentionally would fly like at 15,000 feet and check the news reports the next day of any UFO reports. If there were a lot of them, they'd fly it at 20,000 feet. If there were less of them, they'd fly it at 30,000 feet or something. And when they weren't getting UFO reports, they knew that this is that was the altitude the secret plane should fly at and people wouldn't see it on the ground. I mean, it, it's it's just the military way of doing things, you know. Uh, so once again, uh, yeah, just but then again, that doesn't really explain all of the sightings like what no. we're talking about there. Like, that's all totally true. We had that whole Cold War uh, paranoia that was going on back then. But then com- it comes along the 52 D.C. sightings mm-hmm. where, like, as you say, we have pretty good radar by then. And people who are trained to filter out whatever the anomalies are, you have two separate ground stations, a civilian and military, plus you have radars in the aircraft themselves. That, and then you have an aircraft go up that they vector right to one of these objects. Mm-hmm. That aircraft picks it up on their radar. And then he reports that he's suddenly surrounded by these glowing orbs of light that then suddenly just take off in a shot away from his aircraft at some phenomenal speed that no technology of the day could possibly keep up with. So right. we're not talking about drones anymore when we, no, when no, that no. happens. 
No, no. A lot of misidentified UFO flying saucers during the 50s, from the 50s on, were definitely drones. And the military, you know, once again, then, you know, these things are top secret. They're not going to, you know, say, well, you know, it was actually a drone flying over. They would either dismiss it or say it was Venus or something like that, you know. So so you have to kind of filter all that stuff down. You have to filter all the people who see seagulls, who see Venus, who see, you know, balloons and stuff like that. Get rid of all that noise. And you're left with really about 10% of sightings historically that I just cannot be explained, you know, cannot be explained, you know, and maybe the Pentagon is, you know, working on it night and day. They they probably contracted it out to, you know, some kind of, you know, a private source or whatever. Maybe they're doing that, but no matter how long we can, we talk or or discuss it, there are about 10% sightings that, that, that cannot be explained. To me, that means something is going on. And it also means that the military doesn't know what it is or anybody does. Well, again, going back to the budget, if we have $900 billion being spent and we have things flying around that we do not understand or can figure out, well, where's that money going? But I wanted to throw something else back at you. You're familiar with the name James Carrion? Uh, No. Okay, he used to be a director of MUFON. And he wrote a book called The Rosetta Deception suggesting ghost rockets at the end of World War II were mm-hmm. things we created, in other words, fakes, to spook the Russians. And that possibly mm-hmm. even Roswell may have been an effort to spook the Russians and make them think we had technology so far advanced that in the early days of the Cold War, it would just make them more cautious about trying to mm-hmm. threaten us. Right. Um, well, uh, do you want to know what I think of that? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, see, I always go back to things like in, in, in the ghost rockets, you know, there's a, there's a big chapter in UFOs and what time about the ghost rockets. Basically, lots of people saw stuff flying over Sweden and Scandinavia in 1946 after the war was over and didn't know what they were and got to the point where Sweden, which is always kind of historically a neutral country, uh, actually secretly went to Great Britain and said, can you give us some radar? Because we got to figure out what these things are. And the British gave them radar. And for, that was one of the first times that, as we were talking about before, where, you know, unidentified flying objects were picked up on radar and also, uh, let's say, visually and to kind of, um, uh, you know, coincide with each other. Um, so, um, but... And there's a lot of theories of what they might have been. A lot of people thought you know, at the time thought that they might have been you know, German buzz bombs, you know, left over from World War II, uh, launched from a place called Pinamundi, which is in uh, the Baltic part of Germany, that the Russians had taken over. Maybe the Russians are doing this, but it turns out that Pinamundi had been bombed into dust, and anything that was left, the Russians actually took back to Russia. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't that, and. No one knows really what it was. The Swedish government, actually, the first government came out in a report said, you know, these things, you know, are probably from outer space or something. It was something like that. But the thing is this. Let's say that this theory that he's talking about is true and that somehow after World War Two, you know, we we being the U.S. military gin up this secret program to launch, I don't know, rockets over Sweden to scare the Russians. But where the, where were they being launched from? Who was manufacturing? Where did they get the fuel? Where did they land? Where would the thousands of people that would have to be involved in this kind of a 
project. They all kept their mouth shut. No one wrote a letter. No one told someone on their deathbed that this was happening. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't buy it. I mean, we were scaring the Russians. Believe me, we had the atomic bomb. We were scaring the Russians plenty in 1946 until they got their own, you know, later on in the decade. Let's continue with Mac Maloney and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did 
what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Janess has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so obviously you don't believe this was a put-up job. What was Roswell? What do you think Roswell was, Mac? I don't think Roswell was, was anything other than, uh, you know, um, I hate to say it, but what the military said it was, it was, it was a crash balloon from a very secret project uh, that was going on in that area at that time. Um, basically, they were launching these very high altitude balloons to uh, float over the Soviet Union with acoustical devices to see if uh, they could pick up the sound signatures of, of uh, an atomic bomb being tested. I mean, that's what it was. And the debris field that everyone, you know, makes a big deal about or the debris itself. Uh, you know, a lot of UFO writers conveniently leave out that there was rope, you know, found in the debris field. And I, and I just don't understand why a UFO would have rope on board, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, and I think that the military in its, you know, kind of dumb way, um, once again, you know, this is two weeks after Kenneth Allen started the flying saucer craze. Uh, you know, I think in their dumb way, they said, well, listen, we'll say we have a flying saucer instead of, you know, revealing that we're doing this very secret, you know, kind of balloon thing over Russia, who at the time was our ally. Uh, so I could see why you would want to kind of keep that secret. And just the circus that, you know, has, has you know, uh, popped up about it. Now, listen, I read a lot of UFO books as a kid. Roswell was not mentioned in any of them. It was only when the National Choir kind of got involved in the late 70s, early 80s, and uh, kind of put Roswell on the map. And it's turned into this kind of carnival uh, that it's become. And, and I say that only because Jesse Marcel Jr., who was like a kid at the time, his father was the guy who gathered the debris and brought it home and he saw the metal unbend itself and all that stuff we had him on a, sh- a show about six months before he died and he was like the greatest guy I-, I can't stop talking about how great a guy he was you know he was just a nice guy At 74 years old he gets called back into the service to go to iraq because he's a dentist and he went i mean who does that you know and and he was living in idaho at the time he says i can't take it anymore i, I couldn't stand living in there anymore because it turned into such a carnival you know so I don't think anything happened at Roswell at all. I think it's just, it's just, it's all made up. It's all made up. And, well, and I, something happened there. And, and to be fair, on the balloon theory, I decided to go and check into it when that whole Project Mogul thing came out. And I'm 
a, a critical thinker. So I, I can think outside the box a little bit. And, uh, you know, you don't have to necessarily look at the UFO literature to find out what's going on. If it's a balloon and it's like they say it is, it's going to be carried by the wind. Those things were not under any form of propulsion of their own. Right. So I went and I checked the weather records for all altitudes from where they launched the mogul balloons and none went in the direction of Roswell where that thing crashed. So explain that then. Well, the, that night, uh, there was a, everyone agrees that there was like a um, huge thunderstorm, whatever. You know, I don't know. All I know is that this, I don't know about the weather patterns or, or whatever, but I know that this was a, a program that was going on for, for a long time. They were launching these balloons somewhere in New Mexico, and yeah, somehow they, they figured that, you know, that, that they did eventually not fly over the Soviet Union, but fly, but float very close to them, enough of these acoustical devices to pick up you know, what, what might be an atomic bomb going off. And, you know, once again, you know, I mean, Russia were technically our allies at the time, you know, they really don't want anyone to know what you're doing. So, so you're just in the, in, in the way that the military works. And this is another th- interesting thing that I find about Roswell and how people look at it. You know, everyone wants to say that the military is like this kind of bumbling, huge, you know, giant that, you know, can't get out of its own way, but is very powerful. So no one wants to, you know, really give it any trouble. Okay. Until it gets into these type of things. And then they're like, you know, they're like uh, the Mission Impossible team. You know, everything (laughs) goes right. You know, I mean, take your pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a really good point. The skeptics are famous for that, too. It's like, well, you know, it it couldn't have been the ancient aliens because, you know, the ancient people were so brilliant in their techniques of building the pyramids. They had the technology to do it. And we underestimate the power of human ingenuity. But if it happens to come to something else like uh, UFOs in, in the 20th century or 21st century, it's like, oh, no, we're such bumbling idiots that we can't tell, uh, you know, something alien from an airplane or a balloon. Right. right. So you have to take it, you know, fish or cut bait. You have to, you, you know, is, is the U.S. military, the intelligence services, everything, the Pentagon, are they, are they bumbling idiots? Or are they the smartest people? They're so smart that they're convincing us they're bumbling idiots. Okay. And and one last thing, you know, uh, real quick, not to talk politics, but let's face it. The person who now inhabits 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, if any way that the president knows whether UFOs exist or not, there's no way that he would keep it a secret. He would have said that in his inaugural address. Okay. Which once again, to me, tells me we don't know. On the other hand, there's that theory, Mac, that because the president is a temporary occupant. They don't brief him. They don't brief him on these things because they know the politics could drive the unexpected or unplanned revelation of things they don't want him to know. Just like a certain person who occupies the White House reveals Israeli top secret information to the Russians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huh? Well, that doesn't sound too smart, but you know, we are in 2019. There's not a lot of smart stuff going around. Okay, so the, the other question is here, if not Roswell, and I don't disagree with you that possibly some kind of test was involved. Just parenthetically, Kevin Randall looked at the logs too and couldn't find any connection with the mogul balloon, whatever it might have been. There's, the, the whole idea that they would keep this secret from us. Uh, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. 
why would you keep the greatest secret uh, you know of of all human history why would you keep that from mankind uh humankind you know what's your end game there you, you know you, if 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 we had any kind of out of this world technology with the united states of america the business of the u.s is business okay we would be capitalizing on it we'd be selling it around the world uh, uh, to keep it secret makes you know it makes no sense well we'd like to think so but then there's people say well there what about the economic factor like uh, if you get into to, uh, looking at sort of this issue with electric cars and and Tesla right. and the, and the evolution of the lithium ion battery yep. and people you'll you'll find examples where the big oil has actually taken and and bought up patents for certain things and then shelved them so that it sure. wouldn't interfere with their business sure right but do you think that that Elon Musk for instance, or these cats who own Google or Amazon, these guys who have just like multi-billion dollars, you don't think that they, if they had a chance, and those are, these are the people we're talking about who are supposedly in the intelligentsia, you don't think that they would want to, you know, capitalize on this type of stuff? I mean, that's what our whole economy is made of these days. It's, it's the cell phones and, you know, and how to talk to people and listen to stuff and watch stuff, you know, I mean... Man, if you had an anti-grav device or something like that, come on. I actually agree with you. Let's do our break here, Randall. We'll continue. More to come. Randall, Gene, Mac, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine has resigned. Kurt Volker was apparently a vital part of the whistleblower complaint involving Ukraine and President Trump. Nearly 300 former foreign policy and national security officials weighed in on the impeachment inquiry. They've signed an open letter supporting the inquiry following President Trump's phone call with the Ukrainian president. A rough transcript of the call shows the president tried to pressure his Ukrainian counterpart to investigate political rival Joe Biden. In Las Vegas, Biden told supporters... We have a president who's violated his oath of office, a president who has put at risk our national security, a president who may, and that will be decide the decision of the Congress to make, may have committed a crime. This is USA Radio News. 
Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before Randall goes back to talking about obviously the question is if we had access to alien technology, where would we be? On the other hand, if E.T. is 500 or 1,000 years or more ahead of us, would it be like handing an iPhone to somebody 1,000 years in the past? They couldn't make sense of it. Sure. Okay. But, you know, eventually, you know, I've heard that that kind of theory before. But first of all, what you're, what you're thinking, is, what the thinking behind that is, is that there's like one secret to kind of uncover what, whatever this technology is, okay? But really, the way things are put together is, you know, you take a component here, a component here, you put these things together and it makes something. At least that's how we do it on Earth. If they had some kind of a piece of alien technology from 1947 from Roswell, okay, somehow, some way, they would have cracked at least a little bit of the of the code okay what 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 really bothers me a, a lot is that people will say stuff like well the semiconductor that's actually alien technology that we reverse engineered um you know velcro stupid stuff like this okay you're actually dissing the people who actually invented this stuff humans are like more. really smart you know and, and yeah and, yeah you know and, and and to say 
that, you know, this is really alien stuff and there's this big conspiracy. No one wants you to know about it. But, you know, here, buy some Velcro, you know. On the same thing, what really gets me mad is that people who go out there saying that the Nazis had help from aliens and that the Nazis had flying saucers and bases in Antarctica and bases on the moon and all this stuff. What I say is if they had all this help, why did they lose the war? You know, why are they building jet fighters in 1943 that they can't, they don't have the steel to make the cockpit. So the cockpit of the first jet fighter, ME-262, was made out of plywood. Okay, that is not someone who is having alien assistance, extraterrestrial assistance. And you're dissing the people. We've had people on our show who have written books about, you know, the raid on Schweinfurt where like 60 of our bombers, you know, were, were shot down. That's 600 guys, you know, dead or, you know, captured. And he was claiming that, you know, Nazi UFOs shot these things down. All right. And that's nonsense. It's just nonsense. And it's also, you know, dissing our airmen who, who died that day. And I suppose the Germans too, you know, well, it, I completely, I cannot completely, inject that kind of nonsense into history. I, I, I totally empathize with what you're saying there completely. But what it is, is also, if you look at it, sort of step, step outside the ketchup bottle, though, and you look at all these mythologies, and er, it still makes for some pretty interesting cultural study about the subject matter itself and how all these things come together and make people behave and think certain things. So, so we, can, we don't have to necessarily believe in any particular paradigm. That doesn't mean that some of that stuff isn't any isn't still interesting to look sure. at. Yeah, but uh, but what bothers me, not to interrupt you, but what bothers me is that I think a lot of the agenda of a lot of people who want to insist that the Nazis had alien help and so on and so forth. I think that's just another way of, of, of you keeping this like kind of idea of the Nazis alive. OK, we don't need that. Civilization does not need the Nazi point of view in it. This. We took care of that in 45, where we just, you know, and what we had to do is we had to basically level all of Germany, okay? You don't want to go back down that path again. You just don't. And, and I think that people just, you know, they, they, you know uh, they get excited about the Nazis for some stupid reason. The Nazis were insane. You know, they were they're a bunch of zealot maniacs, and, and they got their just desserts after, you know, killing 100 million people. And the other thing is, too. If Nazi scientists, refugees who escaped to Argentina or whatever, if they had developed this technology in 1950 or 1947, where is it today? Wouldn't right. they have 70 yes. more years to develop that well, technology? Right. Where in, is in, it? Where's the, the evidence of it? And the real historic fact is that, you know, we captured a bunch of German scientists and the Russians captured a bunch of German scientists. Uh, it's called Operation Paperclip. And we let a lot of Nazi scientists into the United States after World War II. And they were the basis of NASA. Nazi scientists got America on the moon. That's a historical fact. OK, Werner von Braun was one of Hitler's scientists. And, you know, we liberated him. He came over. He's about 80 uh, different German scientists. They're the people who put us on the moon because we chose to forget, you know, what they were involved with, you know, before 1945. That's a historical fact. OK, the fact that, you know, the Nazis, you know, were getting help from, you know, some planet 44 light years from Earth. Man, it's nonsense. And, and, and well, yeah, they were getting help to build rockets. Like here we are back again to the in whole idea of internal combustion mm -hmm. being a propulsion source. Right. And whatever 
UFOs, and by UFO, I mean alien craft, whatever the one those are operating on, it's not some kind of internal combustion engine. Right. So why would they do that? You know, even like a jet engine. I mean, a jet jet engines were, you know, invented by human beings. You know, the, oh yeah, and and that was the top technology of nineteen, you know, forty four, nineteen forty five. If they're getting alien help, if they have a base on the moon, if they have a base, you know, in Antarctica, as you say, what are you flying around in these contraptions for? Yeah, exactly. Just- and today, I think we, as you suggest, and I think that makes perfect sense. We wouldn't be spending billions of dollars on F thirty fives developments. Right. You know, we would have this stuff in use and ready to go. And here's here's the other point that I just love to make too. A lot of inventions, like the kind that you're you're talking about, they weren't necessarily invented by the people because they were intentionally trying to invent them. They just stumbled across them sure. while they were working on it and, and and then developed it. And I like to think that if this technology was possible, that it wouldn't take all that long. It wouldn't take from 1947 till now for somebody else who isn't bound by any of those rules to have come up with it. Who knows? Come up with it in their garage or in China or someplace else. Right. And it would be all over the place. There's, right. We just couldn't stop it. There's a lot of history of parallel inventions, you know, like some guy in the United States, some guy in England and some guy in Russia invented the television at the same time. Some guy in the United States who worked for General Electric and a, and a, and a British engineer named Frank Whittle. They basically, you know, came up with the jet engine at the same time. But the thing is, is these things aren't just popping into the head. They know, you know, well, maybe there was a propeller that almost went as fast as a jet engine. How can I change the propeller? How, you know, that kind of stuff, especially technological things. They just don't come to you, you know, out of the blue. Songs do. Stories do. Books do. But not technology. Well, you know? some of it does. I mean, we, you know, Chris liked to, to tell us about how in Silicon Valley and some of the people that were working there, they were into some. Uh, cultural experimentation with Mm -hmm. uh ethnogens and so on and they would have uh some flashes of insight that would help them to develop yeah so i mean but that uh, developed whatever the whatever the product they developed had to be built from stuff that had already been developed right right yeah so Uh, and make them making too much sense maybe well yeah i think i think we're on the same page and i think it, it is also a really interesting subject because no matter how we boil all of that down uh, we still know that they, even if they can't build them themselves, have to know a whole lot more about what is really going on than we do, because they've got satellites that are out beyond the moon that can look back at the moon. And who knows what else out there, not to mention all the rest of the military with their tracking equipment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole advanced aerospace threat identification program is just like a little tip of the iceberg of the kind of capability they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and on the by the same token, uh, you know, um, the most secret base in the United States is you know, obviously not Area Fifty One. It's a place called Tonopah. It's about ninety miles north of Area Fifty One. It's near Reno. It's near. It's it's actually between Reno and Las Vegas. It's a little town up in the mountains. It used to be a uh, silver mining place, and and after World War Two, they built this huge air base out in the desert there. And this is where the um, stealth fighter was tested, flown and tested for 11 years, and no one said a word about it. We have these words to say. 
And then we'll be back with Mac, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Hello, I'm I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of 
of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Throwing this out, Mac Maloney and J. Randall Murphy, very quickly. I kind of think here, when we talk about possible crash UFOs, if UFOs represent an advanced civilization, from other planets visiting us, if they had a crash, if that happened, I would hope that they would be more resilient to such things, even if they're built by the lowest bidder on Zeta Reticuli, whatever it is, they would cover it up. They'd prevent us from getting that crash UFO. It would be gone. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. You know, if they're smart enough or if they're so highly advanced that they're flying around in these things that, you know, people say that UFOs have the capability of flying. I, I, I don't think that they I think that they would have, um, as you say, you know, uh, contingency plans in case one of them crashed. Well, you'd like to think so anyway. <laughs> but who really knows? Because we don't really know. We can't really say for sure exactly what their situation is. Mm -hmm. We're not even sure where they come from. Right. I, I, I think it you know, probably the, the most reasonable explanation, given all you know, all the stuff that we've been talking about, is that they're they come from some other star system. So they're interstellar because there just isn't any evidence in our planet or in our solar system that there's any other civilization capable of producing that kind of technology i think that there's there's just good a chance that they're from um a, a different time um you know in ufos and war time one of the things that you know we kept coming back to is uh, for instance the foo fighters you know which were what they called ufos during world war ii uh seen by a lot of british bomber uh crews and american bomber crews um you know there's a, we, we go extensively into this in, 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 you know in the book but they always seem to be there's there's no evidence at all of any kind of um aggression between foo fighters and you know let's say our uh airplanes they're always just kind of watching observing and I don't know, I'm not the first one to come up with this idea, but I thought maybe they're time tourists. You know what I mean? Maybe they're from a, a time a million years in our future or a thousand years in our future. And they're coming back to see history being made. You know, I mean, who well, wouldn't want to see, you know what I mean? But but that there's also some problems with that. Though. I know there is like someone says, like, well, who would you like? I, I, I actually, you know, mentioned this to someone once and she said, well, I'd like to go back and see a Shakespeare play. Well, then how come there aren't two billion people? you know, at the opening of a Shakespeare play or at the crucifixion or something like that, you know, but how do we know, you know, maybe they were able to, who knows, you know, I mean, we can speculate forever, but the fact that everyone thinks they're little green men from Mars, you know, because that's basically what, how the whole flying saucer thing kind of caught on, 
that they're, you know, literally from Mars or something. It's probably something that is just like so much more complex and complicated that, you know, we, we even can't understand it. Well, my whole uh, thing is my favorite one, although, you know, although I have to say, okay, interstellar is probably the most likely because we know that there's this universe. We know there are other star systems and we know there are other planets around other star systems. But there is this theory that this isn't the only universe. Now, when we get talking about time travel, we need to take into account the possibility that if there are other universes, they could be very parallel to ours, but more or less evolved. And from the point of view of a traveler that can go between universes, it would seem like time travel to go from one that is more advanced than ours to ours. And then that gets rid of a lot of the problems with thinking that we have a unified universe where mm-hmm. Time is continuous in all directions and you can somehow pop back and forth in it. That just doesn't work out logically, but a multiverse theory does. And it could provide the same kind of an experience. And I really like the idea because it explains a lot as well as a lot of sort of just regular paranormal phenomena. And we should talk about that Mm -hmm. because you are also into hauntings and wrote a book called Haunted Universe. What's that about? Mm -hmm. Well, what that is, is a, um, it's a collection of like really, really strange stories um, that I had, um, well, that I collected doing research for other projects, to tell you the truth. I worked for um, Ted Turner for a while. Uh, he had a website called Conspiratorium, and we used to come up with like 10 really weird stories every month and two stories about them and also, um, you know, uh, have um, visuals, have images, and we'd write the captions for them and stuff. So I had a lot of this kind of research uh, hanging around. And then, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, we have our own radio show, Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show, not to, you know, mention the competition. But no, uh, actually, hang on there. Say that again. Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. Military X-Files show. Military X-Files, yeah. Which is part of our competition. Sorry. That we want people to go and check out, too, because we love our guests. And part of having you on is to, to say, hey, you know, go check out Mac Maloney's show, too. Thanks. You know? I really I send, appreciate Send that. some people our way. And, and I, yep. you know, this whole territorialization in ufology, it just drives me nuts. I would much rather see it be, be more like one big happy family where, hey, right. we can send you some people, you can send some people our way, and we'll all have, like, a good time. But anyway going on with this sorry to interrupt there the, the, the ufo family uh, the ufo community will never be one big happy family <laughs> <laughs> believe me um, um uh, you know uh, but but um yeah so um you know we talk big about big happy uh, dysfunctional family uh, right i mean and see and, and again not to switch subjects but see i think that too is something that you know who knows the seeds of that might have been planted by the disinformation people in the 50s and 60s okay where it, there's there's this you know paradrama going on all the time when i first started going on the radio and doing interviews for ufos at one time you know it was like you know he didn't want to talk to him and she didn't want to talk to her and don't be on his show and it was like wow man i just came out of this out of the blue i had no idea that there was this kind of big soap opera going on oh, i yeah. think that people should really, really stop all that. Okay. Oh yeah. Concentrate you know, on these sightings we were talking about before that uh, are unexplainable. But anyway, going back to haunted universe. So we had a lot of you know uh, this kind of research hanging around, and I had a, a chance with this uh, with a publisher to put it together, and um, 
uh, you know, so so we did. And, and really, to tell you the truth, it was really supposed to be like a promotional vehicle for the radio show. Um, but, you know, this publisher picked it up and it turned out to be a bestseller. So, you know, sometimes you don't when you don't know what you're doing, it's kind of like the best thing. Well, nice. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, what we've got, I'm, I'm guessing just by the title that we're dealing with uh, people who feel that they've come into contact with what we would traditionally call some kind of a ghost or, uh, you know, the spirits of the uh, who have gone into some afterlife, something along those lines. The whole idea was um, that I had had this thought, you know, a long time ago is that, you know, we're talking about the parallel universes. Right. And, you know, in our universe, let's say our reality you know, strange stuff, you know, really happens all the time. People like think UFOs hide from us. They don't, you know, there's a thousand UFO reports around the world every month. Okay. 10% of them cannot be, uh, you know, identified. That's how we start our, our show off with, you know, traditionally, historically, people have seen ghosts. People have seen the Loch Ness monster. People see Bigfoot, people see ghouls and gremlins and all this kind of stuff. And, and we kind of take it as, okay, this is just the way things are. But my idea was, that, well, maybe we live in the haunted universe. Maybe in all the other universes, everything goes just swimmingly well. There's none of this stuff. Maybe we're the ones in the weird universe. So, you know, once again, it's a collection of about 350 stories. Everything from, you know, every state has, you know, its own kind of monster and, you know, and really good, like, ghost stories and, like, bumbling spies and stuff like that. Just all this kind of odd stuff that I had hanging around in my office. And we put it together in Macaloni's Haunted Universe. Oh, I like the sound of it. Okay, thank. I appreciate. What, that. what is say one of your favorite uh, stories? Oh, well, actually, I think we might have to to get into that uh, coming up after the break. But after the break, uh, let's uh, just talk about a couple of cases if we can. Sure. By the way, I want to remind everybody we have a second radio show called After the Paracast, only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Then you get a version of the show free of the network ads. You can find more information if you go to plus.theparacast.com. And by the way, I want to remind you that each and every week now, we've had William Puckett, crack UFO investigator, atmospheric scientist, and he assembles two or three cases for us, new cases, old cases. He evaluates them. In fact, recently, there were sightings near my area, and I wasn't too far away from the location of a possible UFO sighting, William was able to read the radar for that period to see if anything strange occurred. Anyway, that's on After the Paracast every week, special segment. We also feature on After the Paracast extended interviews, general chit-chat. In fact, this week, Mac Maloney will be back on After the Paracast with more fascinating things to talk about. More information on the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. More to come with Mac, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. 
all this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-613-2646. That's 1-800-613-2646. 1-800-613-2646. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're now ready for some stories from Mac Maloney. Um, well, you asked me, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories was, and I can tell you, to me, the creepiest story was, um, it's, it's really not paranormal, not really, but uh, during World War II, there was this battle that took place in uh, around November of 1917, and you had this an entire German army facing an entire British army uh, at this place uh, in Belgium. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. And so what happened was... You know, they were constantly shelling each other. It's trench warfare. And they're constantly shelling each other. And in fact, someone actually did a study on it. They found out that more than a million artillery shells had, had fallen within a square mile of where this battle was being fought. And, and you know, that's a lot of artillery shells. And, it, and what happened was it turned up so much of the ground. And then when you know it, it was the worst rain, uh, rainy uh, August in like 100 years in, in this part of Europe. So it turned all this churned up earth into into mud because it was was so pockmarked that some of these mud holes were actually, uh, you know, 20, 30 feet deep in some of them. So what would happen is you had so many men, you know, lined up against each other that people would step in the wrong thing and they would just disappear. They would just disappear into the mud and be gone forever. It it turned out that, you know, uh, after this battle was fought, that half a million men on both sides were either killed or wounded in the battle. But 100,000 of the soldiers were never identified, meaning they were just gone. You know, they became one with the earth. To me, that's, that's kind of chilling in a way. You know, but how does but, that work into it being haunted? Well, you know, supposedly, you know, the people now who live in this area is, is, is actually like a little village in Belgium. You know, at night, you know, they'll hear people crying, you know, and, and, and you know, there's kind of like a haunting uh, to this area these days. Um, yeah, that's cool. I've heard of stories. Uh, Phantom, what do they call them? Phantom, what, uh, what do you call it? There's like a battalion and then you've mm-hmm. got a, what is that, a troop? 
or something, but you right. have these, you know, collections of soldiers where people swear they heard them marching down the street at night and then they just kind of fade off like in the mist, like something out of the mist or something. There was a battle in 19 in World War One called uh, Gallipoli. And uh, it was actually uh, Mel Gibson's first movie, really good movie. And basically what it uh, talks about is this failed um, invasion that the British did in World War One. They they were trying to invade uh, this uh, section of uh, Gallipoli, Turkey, because Turkey was on the side of the Germans in World War One. And it just turned out to be a complete disaster. You know, thousands of people killed British troops, but also Australian and New Zealand troops. They call them Commonwealth troops. It just just obliterated. They just walk into machine guns, walk into walls of machine guns. That's how World War One was fought. Anyway, there was this uh, one company. They were called this. The I gotta always look at this when I'm trying to pronounce it. Sandringham's a hundred men in this company, and what they were, they were all these uh, employees of these um, this one vast estate in England, the gardeners and the butlers and everything. World War One started, they put on uniforms and they went to war. Now, people saw them, they were told to go forward, march into the machine guns, smoke obscured the battlefield. When the smoke went away, n- no um, evidence of these people ever existing uh, was left behind. They literally disappeared. A hundred of them, no guns, no bodies, no uniforms. They weren't blown apart. They were just gone. Wow, that is cool. The guy who at the time was the commander in chief of the British Army said later, he says a very mysterious thing had happened at Gallipoli. No one has ever been to explain it. Who knows what happened? That that to me, that's another one of my favorite stories. I love that one. Yeah, and, you know that reminds me of the Avenger bombers in the in the Bermuda Triangle. With you know, every once in a while, people think they might have found them, but they never have. Right. And then how in close encounters they reappear again. I mean, how cool would mm-hmm. it be to have that happen where people, you know, these missing people come back fully intact in 2020 right. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if you want to get into this, but another chapter in, in this haunting numerous, because I was, you know, I, I just kind of put everything, including the kitchen sink in it, is there's a whole chapter on my beef with Steven Spielberg. And that's one of the movies that I talk about, you know, because Close Encounters to me, you know, it 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 should have been a a better movie than it was. And I think you know how that you know how they're they're redoing everything these days. They should redo it. The original script for Close Encounters was that the protagonist, the main character, is a Air Force officer who doesn't believe in UFOs, and he gets to believe in UFOs because he sees all this stuff that happens as the movie unfolds. But for some reason, they change the script and they give it to Richard Dreyfus, who at the time has admitted that he had a drug problem. And it seems like a lot of people in that set, you know, might have been, you know, <laughs> because when you look at the movie, the movie is completely unbalanced. And, and I know I'm talking Stone Age now because a lot of people listen to this. You probably weren't even born when this movie came out. Uh, you know, it's it's unbalanced. They they put up so much time into Richard Dreyfus building a mountain full of uh, potato salad. You have this wondrous thing at the end, which isn't really shot well, but you know, at the time it looked great. Why are you with him in the in the potatoes? You know what I mean? You you yeah. Just, you know, it started out really well with yeah, the uh, cool. the scene in the rate of the radar operators at the air traffic control Excellent. and the sound of the pilot saying, yep. you know, we're seeing this, and then that shadow of the mothership coming over the farmland, uh, you know, in the moonlight was was it's was really cool. absolutely. Fabulous. When they kidnap the kid, that's that's a really kind of, um, you know, frightening scene. And that's all done very well, you know. But this whole idea of having Richard Dreyfus in it, 
you know, being this kind of, you know, uh, dumb-witted electrician guy. And if you watch his performance, he just, like, walks through it. It's like he doesn't even understand what's going on. Where if you go back, and they almost took this X-Files approach to it. You have this guy who does not believe in UFOs, no way, shape, or form, places in the military, so he can't believe in them. And and he's, he's converted. That's such a better story. I can see sort of the subtext of what they were trying to go for there, but the whole drama between Terry Garr and Dreyfus, I, I just had a tough time buying into it. it. It really did, for me, destabilize the experience of right. the movie. And, right. and which, but it still became, uh, it's still in the Library of Congress for its cultural significance. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, a, we can always criticize works, but the thing that bothered me about his relationship, the Richard Dreyfus character, is why his wife becomes so hostile. Right. She's told well, she acts all, like a really a nasty woman right, that right. she sees her husband going through this turmoil, and rather than make the slightest effort to understand what he's going through, even if she doesn't believe in UFOs. Then again, the other thing is here, why are they choosing these people to take with them? I can understand, maybe we're trying to make logic out of a sci-fi film here. I understand the Bermuda Triangle, they go into this area and they're picked up for whatever reason. Fine. But picking people at random who get these psychic messages that they have to go somewhere to meet up with E.T. when it lands. But how right. do you explain the small child? Why right, would right, they right take now. him for right. whatever reason? That's almost right. like a UFO abduction story. See, that's the thing is that, that my thing with Spielberg, and you, you, maybe you can tell I went to film school. Okay, so, you know, I can't watch a film unless, you know, I criticize it, you know. And the thing with Spielberg is, you know, he's a really popular director. There's no doubt about it. But he's, he's not a great director, not in my opinion, because what he'll do is he'll go for the emotion over uh, the reality, the substance of the plot. Let's say I don't want to get really too show busy. You know what I mean? But he, he'll tug at your heartstrings first instead of giving you like another kind of piece of the plot that you can build on and enjoy the movie, you know, and and where that whole idea with a, with a kid is kidnapped. He wakes up in his bed and all his toys come to life and he's you know finally dragged out the dog door. Okay. I mean, that's a really compelling scene. And then he's in the UFO and off it goes. But as you say, well, what's it really have to do with the rest of the movie other than the kid reappears at the end of it and his mother is there, you know, everything is strawberry and balloons at the end of it. If they had only taken a little bit more of a serious approach to it, uh, a, a serious approach, I think is the right way. It would have been just this. It would have been the gone with the wind of UFO movies, in my opinion. You know, it's a popular movie, but it's not a great movie. We can go into more detail about some of these things in the next segment. I agree with you about the movie. Of course, the, the most important part was the fact that Dr. J. Allen Hynek mm-hmm. appeared for four seconds in it. And Francois Truffaut, the very famous French director, is in right. it. Right. But and the real secret here, said, which we learned from the fellow who wrote the bio on Heineck, is that he only got $3,500 for all the work he did on a film that made so much. Mac, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Continuing a really, really fascinating discussion, starting with Area 51 and going on to hauntings. Randall, go ahead, please. Well, continuing in in the vein of some of this uh, cultural stuff and and entertainment, uh, we're doing something that should be really fun in the not-too-distant future here at the Paracast. We're going to be having a Paranormal Musicians Roundtable episode where independent musicians who are into the paranormal can join the discussion and uh, play their songs, have their songs played on the air, which is really cool. So if you want some airplay and have a good quality tune, it doesn't have to be about anything paranormal. Go to the Paracast website and get in touch. And we'll see if we can get you on the show. Uh, I think uh, we Mac has uh, already said he's interested in that, right, Mac? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yep. uh, I'll be doing that. I'll be probably participating in that, too. So, uh, you know, we know you're out there. Okay, so let's make this a lot of fun, and uh, it's not going to happen until we get enough people. So we're just waiting for you guys to to get in touch with us. You and I were talking off air there a couple of days ago. Um, it just coincidentally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, in this band, we're just a studio band. We don't play live or anything, but we put stuff together in studio, and most of the guys are studio musicians. But the CD we're coming coming out with soon, someday soon. All the songs have to do with either UFOs or people I've met in the UFO community, you know, since I've been involved in it. So, yeah, we're definitely on board. Yeah, cool. That is so cool. And I did listen to some of your tracks. You've got some tracks on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, you know, before we get to do the show, yeah, check out uh, Max. Stuff to look for Sky Club. It'll be there. Or you can go to my YouTube thing, and I've got a link directly there to it, too. I so. feel like I forced those on you. <laughs> no, I thought they were really cool. I'm really looking forward to, do, to actually playing them for some people on the air. Now, where were we? Okay, Haunted Universe Entertainment. This can take us back a bit to this whole To the Stars Academy thing, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about this whole approach to, disc- to disclosure using the entertainment? Well, you know, I, I, on one hand, I think, well, you know, something's better than nothing, you know, but I, I really can't pay attention to that stuff, you know. I'm not sure why, because, because you know, not, not to get too deep into our radio show, but the thing about our radio show is that the people on it, you know, um, not to disparage anyone else who's on radio shows, but they really have worked for U.S. government as far as intelligence agencies or the military intelligence okay and you know one of them um and also uh in great britain too and uh, the british military and you know when it all kind of started you know someone sent me an email and said you know this tic-tac video or the tumbling video has been you know it's been it's been you know flying around the internet or skulking around the internet for years and for them to for it to suddenly come out and it's like, oh, wow, and a lot of people see it, you know, who knows? But on the other hand, you have the Navy, you know, supposedly just a couple of weeks ago saying, well, these things are real and they shouldn't have been out there. Well, they've been out there for years. The only thing that tainted me against that, and, and this is just me, but, you know, I watched it on ABC Good Morning when they had that on. And so it'd be in December of 2017. 
And they're the first ones who played it. I'm watching it, and I said, wow, this is crazy. You know, this is really now a big step in the right direction, in my opinion. You know, but when they came back, the, you know, bubble-headed news chick, uh, to quote Gwen Fry of the Eagles, you know, she says, I thought I saw the Millennium Falcon in there. Okay. Well, the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> you know, is the uh-huh, is the major right. starship from Star Wars. Of course. Okay. Star Wars came out that day. ABC is owned by Walt Disney, and Walt Disney does Star Wars now. So, you know, I mean, if you want to connect the dots for a conspiracy theory, in my opinion, that's a better conspiracy theory because that's exactly what they would do. Okay. Um, well, here's here. This is really good. You're going to love this too because going back to when we were talking about the Robertson panel of particular interest was their debunking strategy in which they suggest a case study should be presented for the purpose of baiting viewers with an interesting ufo story only to deflate them later by revealing a mundane explanation Mm -hmm. and they talked about using radio television and film studios among them disney corporation in order to uh, carry out their debunking and uh, ridicule program right you know, Disney has been in, in bed with the U.S. military or the U.S. government for a long time. They did a lot of propaganda stuff for them, uh, you know, in World War II and so on and so forth. And, hey, yeah, my hat's off to them. Anything, you know, anything to help. But, you know, not to tell too many tales out of school, but, you know, I've had some, <laughs> you know, business. We're not in school here. <laughs> some, you, know, the, you know, the Disney uh, in the years past. And I'm telling you, they are, they're brutal. They're brutal when it comes to. Uh, making any kind of deal uh, money-wise, and they are so adept at getting publicity uh, that I think this is just another example of them somehow putting this thing together. I don't know. But then then, but then, but you have to say, well, would the Navy really be involved? In it? You know, would the Navy come out and say these things are real? But, you know, these things were floating around the internet for a long time before all of a sudden they were splashed everywhere in December of 2017. I think it's fascinating that the Navy pilots came out and said, we saw these things, you know, but, you know, that's it's a real it's a real kind of head scratch of what's really going on there. I just yeah, wanted to mention here, it, speaking of Disney and dealing with them, they now own about 40 percent of the movie industry. Of course, they took over Lucas. They yep. have Marvel, although there's some copyright thing with the spider-man series they own 20th century fox 40 percent of the movie industry in one company Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll I'll tell you a story when we're off here about my dealings with disney i I don't dare do it on there because then they'll (laughs) the mouse will come and stomp me but they're hard people to deal with They're, they're ruthless they're ruthless well i mean look at them i mean what we're talking about with disney is a major socialization engine Mm-hmm. where they are responsible for the behavior of North American culture in a huge way. And they, they sure. and they export it out to Disney's theme parks around the world. Right. And I so, mean, you know, it's, it's major. Look at all these, these uh, people who became very prominent in the uh, 2000s. Okay. Uh, like 20, uh, 15 years ago, Christine Aguilera and, uh, the, you know, people in the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and a lot of them, they were on the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, yeah. Okay, these, these are these are kids that signed to Disney as kids. And, you know, the good ones, you know, they weed out the, you know, the, the, the chafe and they take the good ones and Disney's unbelievable, powerful machine behind them make them stars. They're not they don't. You know, they're not well, like the Beatles, you know, to just be, kind to of be fair, 
Christina Aguilera is an amazing singer. Yeah, like she can belt it out like unbelievably okay, yeah, well. There's a lot of people who can belt it. She's once again, I'm not going to disparage anyone who makes it in show business. It's probably the hottest business in the world to maintain, to be in it. You can be a one hit wonder, but to stay in it is very, very hard. And you have to be very lucky. And she's good and she's, you know, nice to look at and so on and so forth. But she's in the right place at the right time. And they groom these kids. They literally groom these kids. You know, oh, yeah, they're a product. Right. They're a product is right. You know, and, and what happens is you don't have any of this organic uh, creativities that came from like the Beatles and people like that. You know, the Beatles couldn't make it. We got more to come. Mac, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The president's special representative for Ukraine resigned Friday. Kurt Volker was named in the whistleblower complaint concerning the July phone conversation between President Trump and his Ukrainian counterpart. The resignation is raising questions. The House Foreign Affairs Committee said that they had scheduled a deposition with Ambassador Volker just next week. It's not sure now if he will still take part in the deposition. The White House had restricted access to the transcript of President Trump's phone call with Russian President Vladimir Putin and the Saudi Crown Prince. The chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Elliot Engel, explains how the rest of the committee is viewing the hidden conversations. It leads you to believe that somebody's hiding something or somebody wants to keep things uh, from, from getting outside. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 
800-400-0055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Parenthetically, I listened to the Beatles channel at Sirius XM and read about them. And it was a bunch of accidents that these kids came together and created magic. Nowadays, it's all corporate again. Exactly. I mean, I read that Tune In book, which is like 800 pages, uh, and and it's it and it stops when they walk in to do record their first real record. So it's all like pre Beatles stuff. But the author counts 55 times when it could have gone either way. It went their way 55 times. You know, that's almost like fate uh, is intervening there. And not to make any kind of comparison, but. In Haunted Universe, we do a, uh, a segment, uh, a whole section on Hitler and the kind of person he was. He escaped 42 assassination attempts, 42. He wasn't in the right place at the right time for the assassin. He would change his, you know, his itinerary at the last minute, that kind of stuff. OK, but for the just going to the Beatles, just think if one of those things had not gone their way, we would not have heard of them. But now we did. They gave so much to everybody, not just the music and so on, but just culturally, you know, even the fashion and so on. And just think how many people picked up the guitar and became great musicians themselves just because they're inspired by the Beatles, you know. Every drummer out there, rock drummer, is inspired by Ringo. Right. What he does is a happy accident, too, because he's a left-handed drummer playing a right drum kit. And I play drums a little bit, and I see the amazing thing. Of course, other situations where... History turned the other direction, of course, is the death of John Lennon by assassination. What if he had lived? What if George Harrison didn't die of -hmm. cancer? What would the world be like without the Beatles or John Lennon? Well, you'll we'll see the movie yesterday. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they really, because the, the, the people who made it were smart enough to know you can't make a good movie about the Beatles, but you can make a great movie about Beatle music, you know, and, and how it affects everyone will take it away. 
take it away and see what the, what kind of world you live in. And then this guy, all of a sudden, he kind of steals them in a way, but a humorous way. But you're in this position of hearing, seeing people hear Beatle music for the first time. It's brilliant. It really is. It's 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 not a perfect movie, but man, it's a really good, good, entertaining movie. Sad to say it didn't do super well at the box office, mm-hmm. but that means you can probably see it rented real cheap. Right. It's probably right. worth it's a, it. It really is a very, very good movie. You know, we're getting giving our, our listeners a taste of what this uh, music roundtable is going to be about. And uh, I just love this stuff. So, and it, we have a lot of people who do music in our audience. And, uh, you know, the, we're just looking forward to this so much. But we really should get back to talking about maybe some of the paranormal stuff and other work that you do too. Now, with your novels, have you ever taken any of your novels and mixed the paranormal with the military? To come up with some like uh, military paranormal novels. Yes. Oh, cool. Well, okay. So, which one would that be? Well, I, I try to inject a little bit of it in all of them. To tell you the truth, um, the, the the my main you know thing that I do, my main gig is uh, writing this series called Wingman. You know, and uh, Wingman nineteen just came out, and I'm working on Wingman twenty uh, as we speak, um, and and that's basically uh, a post World War three. Mad Max and in, in a jet fighter is the elevator pitch for it. So we're, we're kind of, we start back in 1987 or so, we're in a different world. And he's jumped through parallel universes. Uh, we've had UFOs in them, ghosts. At one point, he goes 7,000 years in the future. And, you know, his F-16 can go two light years a second, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, it's just given me the uh, flexibility to just kind of do that stuff. And um, so I always try to in- inject some kind of, even if two characters are out in the middle of a battlefield somewhere, has nothing to do with the paranormal, I, I always put in something. They saw a strange light over them, and, you know, they thought this is a good or a bad omen, stuff like that. I always kind of put something in. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool because you know, you know there is a lot of UFO lore in the military because they have had experiences where their aircraft have been surrounded sure. by lights where they've chased them mm-hmm. uh, and been vectored to them on radar. That's where we get the the uh, radar visual sightings from. Right. And, you know, well, Rupelt's book, the report on unidentified flying objects, opens with exactly that kind of a scene. Mm-hmm. Where two two jets are being in, uh, vectored towards an object, and they're not sure where it is, and one of them spots it, and it's down near the the ground, and it describes how this jet goes into a dive, and mm-hmm. we're talking about what was called a transonic jet in those days, one that could just break the speed of sound. F eighty six, right? Yeah, exactly. So you yep. can just envision, you know, being in this thing and going into a straight dive after after a shiny silver object that you can see in the daylight and then what does he do when this thing goes to pull away he opens fire on it mm-hmm. right and this is we're, this is coming straight out of a guy who ran the UFO program in the military who created the term UFO and i'm thinking you know why don't people get this it's been out there for right. a long time we've had disclosure why are we still in a state of denial I, I, I don't understand it myself. You know, I know that happened. We 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 talk about that incident in the book. At the time, President Truman actually filtered down an order to to our military forces, especially our air forces, saying that if you come upon a UFO and you can't make contact with it, you can shoot it. Okay, and that's when a lot of people started saying, "Oh, whoa, 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 hold it! You, 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 these things are, you know, whatever they are." 
they're far more technologically adept than we are. You really want to go shooting at these things? You know, yeah, maybe yeah. you shouldn't, you know, but that's, that's, that guy was under orders at the time that, you know, okay, this is what I got to do. How are you going to contact it? I don't know. But if you can't contact it by wagging your wings or something, he was under orders to shoot at it. And he did. And of course it just boom out of the way. It came nowhere near the, what he was shooting. This reminds me of a book. We had the guest on the show, Frank Fashino Jr. The book is called Shoot Him Down. The Flying Saucer Air Wars of 1952. Hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Well, yeah. Uh, No, I mean, uh, you know, maybe, but I I just can't remember it. But I'll tell you, this stuff was going on not just here, but also in Russia. There's a place in Russia called uh, Kapustinya. And if you can imagine a combination Cape Cape Canaveral in Area 51, uh, they hide a lot of their, uh, they show a lot of the nuclear weapons there and everything and stuff like that. But they also test experimental stuff, but they also shoot stuff off into space. And this has this long, long UFO history that they had this uh, sighting there over this place where uh, one of the Rockefeller brothers actually funded, you know, someone to, 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 to study this thing. And, you know, this UFO came over there, nuclear sites, and it's hovering there for like a half hour. The KGB, of all people, interview these people to get their uh, witness testimony. You're not going to lie to the KGB, right? So, (laughs) you know, I mean, this is as honest as you could be. And and this was something, of course, behind in their minds the whole time is the Russians are thinking they're our secret weapons. We're thinking they're Russian secret weapons. Okay. Same thing in World War II. The the British and Americans were convinced that Foo Fighters were just German secret weapons. The Germans were convinced that they were our secret weapons. It was only after the war they looked at each other and said, you mean it wasn't yours? Well, what the hell? You know. There yeah, we've go. got I, a third. We've rep- got a third party in there somewhere. Well, there's something else going on. There's no question about it. By now, well, I think anyone who really decides to do their homework and and sift out the signal from the noise will go. No, there's just too many good reports from from too many reliable people to just say that this is nothing but mis identifications right. and misperceptions and, and a lot of it hoaxes. is a lot of it is but there's a good portion that is not and that's what you have to concentrate on well you know returning to the idea of the military chasing them well i guess they're still doing it aren't they because uh you know we've got this a tip program that's come out and guess what yeah they said uh, if you watch the documentary they say well we have some what they call in quotes real world tasking mm-hmm. and they say we don't know what these are but they're coming down from essentially uh space down to almost sea level in a matter of just a, a few seconds we've got a they- break now and we'll get into more of that Discussing more about UFO sightings. Maybe UFOs from the sea. That's where they're hiding. That's it. Not Zeta Reticuli. Mac Maloney, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. 
Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio, pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at HBExtract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. HBExtract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dahibo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com, 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal. And you're listening to The Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio.
So, Randall was starting a discussion here about UFOs landing on the water, is it, Randall? Well, okay. So back in the 50s, we had uh, military aircraft chasing them. Uh, In World War II, we have encounters with them. And even today, we're still having encounters with them. So it seems pretty difficult to just simply write it off, especially when you listen to testimony of pilots like David Fravor. I mean, this guy... I guess he's on the payroll. Maybe he's just, you know, making it all up as part of a disinformation campaign. But do I just want to believe so bad, Mac, that 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 they're real, that I'm I'm being too dismissive of the fact that maybe it it was just a training exercise and that they created some sort of illusion for the public? I don't know. Once again, you have to kind of look at, you know, how many moving parts would they have to incorporate to do something like this? And everybody has to keep their mouth shut. No one keeps their mouth shut these days. And let me just jump to, you know, this whole chemtrail thing. Okay. People are convinced that when they see contrails going overhead, that this is, you know, some kind of poison that the American government or the world government is dropping on us. Okay. Think about this for a second. We've had people on our shows show that I go for two hours that this is actually happening. But think about it for a second. Where do the planes come from? A hundred airplanes going over the United States every day. Other pilots are going to see them. Air traffic control people would have to be in on it. Where do they land? What's the logistics? Who sells them the poison? No one in the poison factory is going to talk about it. Even the people who whacked bin Laden, the SEAL Team 6 guys who are sworn to secrecy, they've done movies and books. You know, you're not going to keep something like this secret. You're not going to keep any of it secret. That's why I don't believe that we know any more than anyone else does, because that secret somehow would come out. Well, you could just look up in the sky and see it. That's the whole thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you know a bit about how contrails are formed, Mm -hmm. you can compare the different kinds of what look like contrails to this other stuff that happens. And there's something to it. I'm not exactly sure what or how they're doing it. No one is dropping anything on us. No one is dropping anything. Weather modification is real. I mean, I watch it. I'm sure they do experiments on weather modification. But there, there isn't this huge program to fly over the U.S. day after day after day dispensing some kind of poison to us. For, for instance, for two reasons, okay? How do the pilots know they're not dropping it on their loved ones, okay? And number two, why has the mortality rate in the United States gone up every year for years? And, and suppose they, they've been doing this to us for years and years. Okay, so you get the people that are way up. Okay, I like to call this the fringe of the paranormal, or the the conspiracy theories. And then there's the stuff that's a lot more closer to home. Just because we've got transistors, there's there's people that are going to say, no, that was alien technology. And someone else is going, uh, no, it wasn't. It was invented by these scientists. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, there are transistors. And when you look up at and study these contrails and i've been watching jets since i was a kid i watched the first 747 land here i studied the whole thing mm-hmm. i've looked into the different ways that it can be mixed into the fuel and what it happens to be how often they actually seed the clouds here as well for to stop hail from forming to damage crops and all of the rest of it and if you look up you can see that there's a total difference between some of the what you are supposed to believe are just regular contrails and actual regular contrails. I don't know how to explain it. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I'm sorry. I mean, you're looking at You can see it. It's not it, a it matter of... It all depends of, on the, the temperature degree. layers that go up all the way up to as, as right. high as jets can fly. And the right. kind of jet it is. And I know yeah, all that. <laughs> they're not dropping anything on us. It's, no one is dropping anything on us. Okay. They, and, and no one is secretly 
doing experiments with the weather. I mean, not not with the airlines involved. See, that's just it. I don't know how secretly they're doing it. Uh, like I say, uh, you can tell when they're doing the cloud seeding here. And you can probably find out if you called the airport or called the people that mm-hmm. do it. You know, so it goes over and instead of getting hail, we get this slushy, greasy slush falling out of the sky, okay. you know. So, right. you know, this. what I'm saying is there's this whole spectrum where it goes out into the fringe, like I was calling it, where you're saying like, yeah, there's this whole population control conspiracy, whatever it happens to be, all the way to the other side where people will say, no, it's all sheer nonsense. Nothing is going on. I don't think so. They might be doing some kind of weather modification, but they're not doing it in for nefarious reasons. They're not doing the whole fringe conspiracy theory thing, the population control thing. You know, I could believe that population control thing. They've failed badly. Yeah. Like, no, I don't get into the whole genetic. Well, you know, not that they couldn't do it if they wanted to. But, you know, I tend to agree that you've got to really do your homework and study it and do your own observations. But you can't just assume that because, uh, you know, the government can be nefarious, that it is being nefarious. It's nefarious in, in different ways. I mean, just turn the argument around. Why would they do this to us? What's in it for them? Well, I mean, okay, so let's see, what would the conspiracy theorists say? That it's all part of some population control plan? It's not working. No, I'm not buying it. It's not working. Uh, You know, I could see maybe being used as some weather modification. And there are a number of studies. Like when I I I tried to do... Sure, weather as a weapon is a big thing. They'd love to be able to control hurricanes and tidal waves and stuff like that. There has been a lot of experimental programs going on that Mm -hmm. do actually do that if you look for them but you have to dig for them and find out where they were and you well, can see hop- what areas of the sky they covered and the so hop- on the hop experiment up in uh, alaska where they were throwing you know like six hundred thousand volts of electricity into the sky saying that they were trying to improve communications that's obviously something that they were trying to do weather to modify the weather but there's also those kind of places in norway and russia down in puerto rico you know this they, they don't talk about them but you know i mean they used to give journalists tours of hop and stuff like that it's just one more thing they they do and if you dig as you say if you dig a little you know you'll find out but this whole idea that you know there's this huge kind of shadow government who are you know dropping stuff on us you know to kill us or to make us stupid or maybe make us stupid or i don't know that's right along the line of that there's fifty thousand aliens in dulcy mountain i mean come on <laughs> you know what i mean i mean really put aside that stuff and if you're going to concentrate on this stuff concentrate on those 10 percent of sightings that no one can explain let's put our, our combined consciousness behind that and try to get some kind of explanation instead of running around trying to you know, figure out there are octopus looking aliens in a mountain in new mexico it's just nonsense how do we go about doing that when we've got MUFON, as you were saying back earlier in the show, doing things like having guests on that say that they went to Mars and that we've got space fleets? When one of the supposedly most reputable organizations in the field is doing that, but they're not. And they're not highly reputable. They've never come out with any kind of you know report or any kind of explanation or, or just an archive of what they do. Not really, okay. And I've talked to people in MUFON. I've interviewed them for for my books, and I, I got to tell you, uh, you have to really pick 
carefully who you want to include. Okay. MUFON is not some kind of scientific thing. It's I guess it's a reporting agency more than anything else. All right. If they get someone on whose claims is a space force, well, you know, we run a radio show too. If I can get someone to talk for two hours, let's put them on. All right. Because it's it's entertainment. But when you really look at it, you need a scientific study. And the and the thing is the ship is already sailed in the United States. At some point someone is going to give money to some scientific organization and just say, Go look into UFOs. It might have already happened, but it's not happening here. It's probably going to happen in China or it's going to happen in India. Or it's going to happen in Russia. The Russians don't have that drive to do something like that, you know, to really, really look forward like the Chinese do. The Chinese people, they look down the road 100 years, you know. Um, I, I think that any UFO scientific discovery is going to come out of China. Say, Mac, where can we find more of the stuff you do? MacMaloney.com uh, is just the easiest place to go. We got a podcast. Um, you know, we do the radio show. You can read about my books and also, um, you know, the music. And we're going to have that music roundtable in the near future, and we'll announce it. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can also find two official Paracast something or other group community on Facebook. And we try to observe all the considerations with regard to Facebook because of all the weird stuff that they do, which is not worth discussing on a paranormal show unless it's paranormal. We also have a second radio show called After the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We feature William Puckett's roundup of UFO sightings, then maybe special additional guests. In fact... Mac Maloney is going to return to continue our discussion. You can only get that show if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. We also offer a special enhanced version of the Paracast that's free of the network ads. Plus.theparacast.com. I hope it won't be another six years, Mac Maloney. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. Thank <laughs> you.